Welcome to the Why God Why podcast, brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Dylan Carnival, and I'm the Browncroft staff and producer of the show. I'm joined today by our hosts, Peter Englert, the Director of Adult Ministries here at Browncroft, and John Amayo, the New York State Crew Director. Why God Why is a podcast where we ask 21st century questions about God that you never thought you could. And today we have our guest, Zach Snyder. Zach is the video director at Lifehouse Church, and we're talking about why, God, why do creatives feel so disenfranchised by the church? John, I am very excited about this interview today. Um, Zach, uh, he's a co-host of the Black Bar podcast. He's a media uh, director, video director out in a church in Maryland. Um, personally, uh, Zach was a student that I got to serve as an admissions counselor when uh, he was at the University of Valley Forge. And um, we recently interviewed Dan DeRozier. Dan was his professor, but also Dan uh, was on their podcast and got me thinking, hey, we should talk about this question about creatives. What do you think, John? Yeah, well, uh, just we were doing a little prep before this and had the opportunity to talk with Zach and get to know him a little bit. And, you know, one of the things that I was telling him is at this stage, as we're recording this, you know, coronavirus still a huge deal. And I think maybe more than any time in my lifetime, people are going, oh my goodness, maybe creative people actually have something of value to share uh, in the church setting, you know? And uh, many people are going, hold on, maybe we should platform them a little bit more and maybe we should take a listen to what they're saying. But unfortunately, that hasn't always been the case. And so that's why I'm excited to have this conversation today is to actually delve into that a little bit. And there could be a lot of creative people who are listening right now who are saying like, man, I have not felt welcome in a church setting, no matter what church that was. Um, and so I think it would be really helpful and maybe even healing to have this conversation for people and to go, no, actually, you do have value and you are needed and what you bring is very, very important. So we're super excited to have Zach here with us. Zach, welcome to the Why God Why podcast. Great to have you. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's let's start with kind of the baseline and let people know a little bit about you, your passions. You're a creative person. Uh, mm -hmm. What is your specific area of expertise in creativity? And how did you come to kind of feel like, hey, this is where I want to contribute creatively? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So uh, I was always kind of artistic. I loved to draw. My parents gave me a photography camera when I graduated. Um, but I didn't really get deep into uh, digital media until college. And there I met some buddies. We got, you know, it was just a passion, uh, a lot of live production, a lot. Of, I mean, really, our field is just learning all about uh, each of the facets of digital media. Because it, especially now in this time, it's growing so rapidly. There's so many different applications and ways that media can be used. So really, that was kind of our, our deep dive into it. Uh, when I graduated from college, I got connected with a church plant my parents helped start. Um, the pastor brought me on uh, part-time as a graphic designer, and then I got brought on full-time as a videographer. So really, my role is largely in the video field, uh, creating, producing video content, and then also uh, directing and leading the live production team on the weekends. Um, so every weekend, we have about eight or nine services. Um, now that's changed a little bit because of uh, the whole coronavirus situation, but um, you know, used to leading, leading people in that field. 
You know, Zach, I'm kind of curious. I want to back up about two to three steps, um, you know, because we're a podcast that, you know, we're for 20 somethings and not every 20 something is a full time staffer at a church. Mm -hmm. At least we're assuming so. Yeah. And, you know, why don't you just kind of fill in the blanks of what does the church do well with creatives and what does it like really fail at? Um, just from your experience, because I think that that could resonate a lot with our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you don't mind me just doing a couple uh, clarification terms, just for people listening, just so we can get on the same page. I think uh, uh, Dan DeRosiers, who I know you guys had on recently, didn't get to listen to the podcast. So I apologize if I repeat some of the information because he's, you know, we're friends and he's he's uh, taught me a little bit of this as well. Um, but there are like there are multiple kinds of nerds. Uh, oftentimes creatives, <laughs> technicians will be the nerds of the church, the introverts. That's a stereotype, of course. But the the bottom line of that is that there are multiple types of nerds. You got your Star Wars fans. You got the people that do cosplay. You got the people who do D&D. Like, there's different kinds of nerds, and we accept and understand that. Just like there's different kind of nerds, so too are the different kind of media professionals. So the two main facets of media professionals, I would... Um, again, taking from Dan, are the creatives and the technicians. So the creatives are someone who see and communicate as art, and they have their art as their communication. And technicians gravitate toward the technical aspect of media, and they're very much the doers, the the the, the hands-on people. And this is such a large spectrum because there's so many things. Like I said earlier, things are just growing at an exponential rate right now when it comes to digital media, especially in this age where we're all stuck inside. The the media and the ability to learn has just been democratized in a way that it's so accessible to everyone. Um, and the, the, the tricky thing about this when it comes to churches is because you're a technician does not make you a creative and vice versa. So oftentimes if a church is looking right now for someone who can help them live stream and they bring in someone like, uh, let's say they bring in a graphic designer, we're, we're talking about a very uh, creative uh, vocation that they do, and then we're asking them to do a very technical thing. Now, um, Dan created this, uh, it's a coordinate systems chart, so basically there's two planes, there's an X and a Y axis. On the very top is uh, multiple areas of expertise, on the bottom is single areas of focus. To the right is creative, to the left is technical. So it's this large spectrum that really it's important to understand where your creatives and the organization of creatives, or even if you are a creative, where you stand on that spectrum. So you could be very creative with multiple areas of ex- expertise. You could be very technical with a single area of focus. Again, nothing is worse or better than one another, but there is a very large spectrum of where they, these can fit in. So all that to say, it's it's difficult, I think, for churches asking a very specific thing or conversely asking a lot of things of one person. Um, I know so many creatives get brought in with a job description that maybe really isn't a full job description of what they'll be expected to do. Like, hey, can you be our video person who gets our live stream running on the weekends? And then there's like a little uh, asterisk at the bottom, dot, 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 plus everything else we ask you to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's whenever we hit into this field of, oh boy, there's a lot of things that that could mean. And I think the beautiful thing about the church is that I think there's just such an endless opportunity and possibility to create and produce content that's not as restricted. Like if you go to say, I don't know, a TV station, it's very specific what you have to do and what the role is that you have. 
maybe you won't have a lot of creative control, maybe you won't have a lot of sway, but I think the church sets us up well that we can just create in a unique way, in a way that can be, if we're smart, uh, can be innovative, can be new, can be fresh. You know, there's churches now that are doing stuff with church that has never been done before in the entire history of the world. And to me, that's very, very cool as the church. But the the opposite side of that, the the difficulty is churches stereotypically talking here. Um, it's very easy to burn out creatives, very very easy to burn out technicians, because not only are many churches asking people to do things that aren't who they are, you know that that isn't their role, then you get overwhelmed really easily. People don't understand how much work goes into a project, so on and so forth. So, like as a video director myself, technically technically. I'm doing two very different jobs. I'm doing a very technical job when it comes to the weekends. So I'm a very a, a live stream director, uh, directing cameras, working with our tech team, creating and producing content that goes in a stream format. Meanwhile, most of the time during the week, I'm creating and generating video content such as bumpers, promotional material, that kind of stuff. Those sound very familiar, but in reality, they're very two very different uh, different things. Yeah, and so that's uh, people like, like can, me. Yeah, they work. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as you're talking about that, I'm I'm thinking about what it would be like to be in that role, like that you're describing as a creative. You know, I think Peter has a creative side to him. I have a creative side to myself. Um, so I don't know if I would label myself creative. Not certainly not. I don't have the skill set that you have. I admire the skill set that you have. And I and I know probably a bunch of people listening can kind of go, okay, I'm I'm kind of looking at that, thinking of that continuum, and they're kind of placing themselves on that continuum. So you have this job that you're given that requires both sides of that continuum, that creative along with the sense of being technical. Where do you, in just your giftedness as a human being, like how would you label your natural bent? Is it more to the creative side or more to the technical side? Do you find yourself somewhere in the middle? How does that look for you? Yeah, so for myself, I would consider myself significantly more creative than technical. Mm -hmm. There are people on my team that when it comes to a technical question, I will send people to them right away. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to like a pastoral or leadership or philosophy or conceptual idea like I eat that up. You'll see paragraphs from me in response. Um, so Black Bar, which is the ministry that me and my buddy started, um, we basically have a community of people coming in asking questions about how to live stream. Like that is the most prominent question right now. Hundreds of people just every single day asking questions. Praise the Lord, we have people in our group that we've been able to that have volunteered, that have stepped up, that are essentially our leaders that are extremely technical. Praise the Lord, because otherwise there's a bunch of questions that I just can't answer. Like I can answer some of them, but more often than not, if someone is asking how to set up an OBS system to live stream, like I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, maybe I'll send you a GIF in response and like, uh, best of luck, you know, but, um, so I would definitely lean more toward the creative. Um, and then I think I would consider myself to have multiple areas of expertise, um, video is probably my my most um, heavily leaning, but I can do graphic design, I can do photography, I can do uh, camera operation and uh, directing, that kind of stuff. So, And then, of course, I think for myself, um, I would consider myself uh, blessed with the ability to be more pastoral and leadership side of things. And for me, I've seen that just to just be a, 
uh, again, it's a blessing uh, because I'm able to understand and see how people operate and then help them see how important and how valuable what they do in the creative side of church um, and what that can look like. Like, honestly, that's one of the things I'm most passionate about is encouraging, inspiring other creatives in the field. I know I'm not the best at video and I know I'm not the best director, but I know that I can help others get to the place where they you know, feel better about what they're able to do and then hopefully direct them back to God. Hmm. So Zach, I want to, I want to have some fun with you. We, um, when I talked with you a few weeks ago about coming on, um, we typically bring up the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So you are with two fellow twos. And so, so so let me just play out this scenario because I, I just, I want to help listeners kind of understand the tension. So, Here's what I can imagine. You're in a church meeting and, you know, whether you're a volunteer or staff, all of a sudden it's like, we want you to make this awesome video. And what they're talking about is record it and edit it. But then what they ask you to, what they say is, you know, we want this blue logo. We <laughs> yeah. want, you know, we want the let's we'll storyboard it for you. And like if I was you and I think that there's times when I struggle like this, I so want to help that I'll acquiesce. But I so want someone just to ask me, what do you think about this? Yeah. And is that kind of the stuff that you go through with that? Or I mean, just kind of because I think that that's kind of what I'm hearing is. I can do the technical. I'll do it because I want to help. I want to, you know, live out the mission. But like, there's this whole side of me that sometimes gets dismissed mm-hmm. because somebody just doesn't ask. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that I've been blessed enough uh, to be in a position where people value my opinion, um, and I think that's something that, of course, I've had to earn and I've had to do a lot of work toward. You know, research, um, investment bettering myself, that kind of stuff. I, I think it's it's valuable as a creative to be very self-aware. Um, and, and you mentioned the Enneagram, so I'm an Enneagram 2-wing 3. Uh, so in that sense, learning about myself and how I operate has been extremely valuable. And, and I'm also able to catch myself in those kind of situations where I recognize that uh, maybe people who don't exactly know what they're talking about are giving insight into something that's my field. Mm. Um, so I've absolutely felt that and I, I totally understand what that feels like. Uh, I think in those moments, again, uh, I think it comes down to relationship and, and trust. And fortunately I'm usually brought into those meetings to be the one giving that. So normally I don't have to step on my own toes. Um, I'm learning that control is certainly something that I am dealing with, uh, learning how to release a little bit. Um, we have a culture piece at Lifehouse. It's, um, it's, uh, developing over doing. So that's bringing in, uh, and basically handing off things to other people. So I'd say I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not on the opposite side of that, that question, but uh, more often than not, I'm going to try my best to make the best possible thing I can, especially when it serves uh, my church and my community. So Hmm. I love hearing you talk about this, Zach. And to me, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, you're obviously describing a passion of yours and Mm -hmm. you also combine this passion for creativity with a passion to, um, guide people well and to shepherd, as I think you you said, people uh, under your care well. So um, typically, my experience has been typically people who have that kind of heart often have felt not so cared for 
in the past. Um, and, and this whole episode is kind of about how the church has disenfranchised um, creatives in a lot of ways. Do you have a story of of that from your life? Maybe not in your current current job, but like, have you felt disenfranchised as a creative person within the church before? Yeah, certainly. Uh, and I think you're I think you're right there. Uh, you know, oftentimes it's from the pain and it's from those processes that we turn it around and let God use those things. And I certainly I certainly think that's um, the case here. Uh, so I think all throughout college, um, I was just wrestling with my faith a lot. It was kind of the first time that I got out on my own. I could think for my own. I realized that most of my life was going to be, it was going to rise or fall on my actions and my decisions. And I think throughout college where we were at, you know, University of Valley Forge was, it was a very small college. We always joked that there was a very heavy Christian bubble. You know, it's, it, the, the college argued not argued, but uh, maybe there, there, the things that were problematic in the college among the students was stuff that was extremely superficial. Like mm. I remember hearing a couple. Uh, I think they broke up over whether or not a pre-trib or post-trib rapture was a thing. I think that was their <laughs> argument, and that's how they broke up over. So basically, yeah. a deep theological perspective that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. So anyway, that was kind of the backdrop. And I think uh, Caleb, Nick, and I, um, my buddies on Black Bar, we always had these deep conversations asking the questions that you're not really supposed to ask. And I think that that's kind of like a reoccurring theme in my life where uh, I was, you know, I was very blessed in my life. I was raised uh, in a, in a white middle-class household. You know, I was able to go to college. My parents were able to help me with college. So I wasn't ever in a position where I was, you know, less than, you know, I was, again, I was privileged. Um, but I think uh, through college, through the experiences that I had, I started to question what I believe, you know, mm. and I never really went away from uh, believing in God, but it was definitely this, this process all throughout college where I had like a really, you know, a really, really intense, like great experience with Christ. And then I had a really like low experience with Christ depending on the year. And then when I left college, then I went pretty quickly into full-time vocational ministry. And I think all throughout all of that, I was trying to figure out what was my why, like, what is the why behind what I'm doing? And that was just such a central question. And I think the difficult thing about asking that question was also I was just struggling with what exactly I believed. Uh, my parents were amazing. They gave, you know, I was raised in the church, but it was kind of kind of where the rubber meets the road where I have to decide definitively what I believe for myself. Otherwise, what I'm doing in ministry is just going to be work. And it's just going to be it's just going to be one more thing to put money and food on the table. Um, so I think, I don't know, 2017, maybe there was this like total deconstruction of my faith, like absolute and total. Like I was listening to a lot of podcasts and communities that I felt safe to have the kind of questions again, that you're not supposed to ask, hmm. but I didn't really get that in person. So I really leaned heavily into these things. And I think it's from that, that I basically stripped everything away and was just like, okay, bottom line, what do I believe? Why do I believe that? And let's rebuild off of that. Whoa, so, hold on. So, yeah. so uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you <laughs> yeah. again. I just, but no, that's I got to go there because this is, because yeah. that's why we set this whole podcast up is what sure. you're describing. So yeah. you're in, in the grand scheme of things, you're relatively fresh off of that experience, you know? Yeah. 
of of kind of deconstructing everything. And then we got a lot of people who listen who we hope, Peter and I hope, as we talk about this stuff, that this is one of those safe places for people to go like, sure. it's okay. You can you can ask the questions, as you said, Zach, that you're not supposed to ask. You know, that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. And we want that to happen. Like what I want, I want to delve into that a little bit more with you because <laughs> sure, I feel yeah. like what you just dropped there was so significant. Mm-hmm. So what was the major hang up for you? Did you have like one major thing that you were really struggling through or was it just a series of different things? How did that look for you? I think it was twofold. So first of all, uh, in hindsight, mm-hmm. knowing that I am a two. Um, my core desire is to be wanted, needed, and to be able to be what others need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a large part of that that played into a lot of my faith in that a lot of what I was doing became about the works, right? I know that's a very Christianese phase, but it came about what are the things that I can do to make God love me more? You know, what are the things that I can do that make me as a person significant? What are the things that I can do that give value to myself kind of selfishly by giving value to others? Mm -hmm. So I think that was a big, heavy thing where that turned to a lot, a lot of uh, just, I guess, beating up myself. uh, And then also just a lot of, I don't know, trying to think of the word. I apologize. Um, just being very strict on myself. And and when I mess up, I'm very hard on myself. And, you know, it's just always very hard for me to get past this wall of, I believe that I need to do these things in order to have value and in order to have this faith and relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like the part, like the the one side. Um, And then the other side was just, there's a lot of, a lot of different perspectives and conversations that I was hearing that I had never heard before. So, like I said, I was uh, listening to a couple of podcasts, the, the, like the Bad Christian podcast, the Liturgist podcast, the uh, those kind of podcasts. And, you know, those are the ones, again, that I'm a little cautious to recommend to those who are, like, developing their faith. It's very much a deconstruction type of podcast and a series. But it was valuable to be asking those questions because, again, it's not something I ever heard for myself. And the more questions I asked... Well, I guess the more questions they ask, the more things that I was understanding that I don't agree with this or I don't uh, I don't feel like I'm on the same page as the people around me in the Christian community or this is something that is that people are really missing out on. Or I, I think it was just all these things that kept coming up that just the combination of those two really just took me to the point where I was like, I just need to stop praying and I just need to stop reading the Bible because literally... I'm just making it all about the thing and I'm not having a relationship with God. Like I don't feel this and I just need to stop, you know? Hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting because I wouldn't say I've ever been through a deconstruction phase, but I think as an Enneagram two, um, I don't doubt God's love for me. I doubt that God wants me. And, you know, like I think, in some of the relationships in my life, you know, that's been kind of this big theme. You know, it's funny yesterday, John, I was on a walk with my family and John and I were having a conversation and like, John asked me this question, like, you know, Peter, I I think you're working too hard. And, you know, I, I just, I'm concerned for you. And like in that moment, like I felt 
the balloon kind of come out Mm -hmm. and you know even listening to your story like you know there's the church and why we have this podcast like we don't want to tell people don't listen to this podcast listen to this podcast you know don't read this person don't like because you know i'll quote people you know, as a pastor and I'll Mm -hmm. get an email like, did you know that this person believed this? (laughs) And, and I'm kind of sitting here because I believe that there's some people that like to go through the process that you described is like super difficult. They should probably monitor how much they, but there's other people like yourself that it's like, Hey, I came out of deconstruction with a reconstructed house not with a totally different living plot, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I think that was a lot of what I was seeing uh, is that it's almost like this curse of knowledge, right? Some people are blessed in a way that they can just have a simple faith, not 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 in an offensive way. Just they can just worship or they can just like, enjoy being with God or even those that are blessed enough to hear uh, verbally conversations with God. Like uh, that's not nothing I've ever experienced personally. It's more uh, inclinations and feelings from the Holy spirit or I'm a crier. So maybe, you know, oftentimes if I'm in, if I'm enjoying time with God, I'm probably bawling my eyes out. Um, but before, whenever I was kind of in the early deconstruction of that, it was just recognizing like just not a lot of people were at all in the place that I was at. Like they were just, you know, I think, I think Christianity in general just has sometimes a caution that we need to not sugarcoat everything and not make everything look like butterflies and rainbows. Because even in scripture, they say like, you know, you, you, you follow me like Jesus and it's not necessarily just going to get easier, but you know, it it will get better. You know, the, Hmm. the yoke, the yoke will lighten. Um, I think I think in the process it was just figuring out that one, it's okay to ask the questions. Two, it's important that I'm thinking like this mm. because I just I just need to be able to process these things in order to get to the point where I can talk to someone else about this. Um, you know, I I, th- I could think of one uh, one idea for example. Uh, is like atonement theories. Like there's there's five or six different atonement theories. Four of them are more popular than the others. And and I just had to delve deep into an understanding of atonement theories in order to recognize what I believe is my understanding and perspective of God. Um, and it was valuable for me to just go through that process so that when I when it comes time for someone else to ask about something related to you know why would God send His Son to die, then I could understand and answer that in a place that I feel absolutely comfortable. Mm. Zach, let me let me just ask you this real quick based on what you just said. Do you think creatives have a more unique experience with deconstructive than most people? Or I mean I mean, yeah, I'd just be curious what your answer to that question would be. Mm. Um so I think uh some people might argue against this, but I think that every single person has the potential and ability to be creative. And that we can absolutely, each one of us, worship in our work. Um, We don't have to be in vocational ministry to do or create content or or do things that we can worship while we're doing. 
Um, and in that way, I think that every single person can be creative. So like the mathematician can be artistically creative in the way that he brings an equation. Or I have a science friend who works in the field. He travels around the world and he can absolutely be creative in the way that he approaches different things. Um, when it comes to creatives and even artists you could lean into, I think there certainly is an extra level of processing an emotion. I think in general, creatives are just so complex um, and not necessarily more complex than other people, but I think there's a freedom in the way that we um, we try to approach and handle things that allows us to um, tap into these other areas. You know, I think... For example, uh, again, talking very Christianese here, but I think the the Holy Spirit's very subversive. There's a lot of things where, like the front the front part of our brains can shut off whenever we hear a pastor doing a quote that's really cheesy or something like that. But there is something beautiful and unique about whenever you know maybe the pastor lands his message and we transition into a song that kind of allows a different feeling and a different way to sneak in through our through our the back mm-hmm. of our minds to experience the Holy Spirit in a different way. So, like, I think creatives are more in tune with that. I don't think that people don't have the ability to access that, but I think we just naturally think with that part of our brain so much that it's easy for us to embrace the subversiveness and to embrace the art that that kind of is hidden. Hmm. Wow, that's so good. And I'm thinking about people who are probably still listening to this right now, who are creatives, who are going, man, this is resonating with me. I feel like a, uh, I feel like I can really identify with this person, you know, that's on the mic mm-hmm. right now. I can, yeah. I can identify with their experience. So for those people who are still listening, still hanging out, still going, man, I, I'm, I'm following you on this. What advice would you give them? You say any any of us can be creative. I happen to agree with that. You know, I think that's being part of being made in the image of God as being a creative being. And all of us, mm-hmm. in one way or another, can be creative. But there are some of us who really, well, you know, I, I look at some of my art artist friends or, you know, people who write really good literature or people like yourself who can do things on video that I'm like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe that is happening. <laughs> like you can create that. Um, what, what advice would you give them if they're in the middle of feeling like they're disenfranchised right now? Like they are feeling on the margins. They're not sure if there is a place for them in the church. What, what advice would you give them? What would you tell them? Mm. I can think of a couple things uh, off the bat. Um, the first thing is um, don't isolate. Um, get involved in some kind of relationship or community in which you can start asking those questions you don't feel like you can ask. Like no matter how they are, I think developing and establishing relationships where you can just ask what you need to ask and say what you need to say um, even if that involves a little bit of colorful language, <laughs> like just just be in a place that is safe enough for you to have that connection. Um, I think, again, very Christianese, the devil wins whenever he gets you to think that you're alone. And I think when you do mm. get into that mentality that it's so easy for all the other things that are in life to come in and, and, and really leave an impact there. So along with getting involved in community, I think prioritizing your health is super, super important. Establish very clear, healthy boundaries. If Especially if you're in ministry in this season right now where 
arguably our workload has doubled or tripled. You got to let people know whenever you're starting to reach your limit. Like that's important. People aren't going to know what they aren't going to know. And if you're not telling them that you need something else, or even if you need a break, then that in a large way is on you until you make that clear. Hmm. Um, and also, again, Christianese, uh, making sure you have a Sabbath as well, like a day where you just take off and disconnect from all your work. Um, I think it's important to be able to develop like spiritual disciplines, like you know, praying, breathing, meditating, worship, whatever that looks like. But for me, a lot in the early days of my deconstruction, that just looked like disconnecting from my work in general. I didn't really pray, didn't really read the Bible, didn't really worship. I just needed to develop a breather, develop a space where I can breathe and just be like, hey, God, this kind of sucks right now. And then just go on and play video games for a couple hours. Like, don't stay in the place where in the place where you're thinking like that. But it's okay to be there for a little while, as long as it leads you toward that that prioritization of personal health. Um, and then I think the the two other things. One, I already said it. Make sure you learn how to worship while you work. Um, Caleb uh, with Black Bar, he he's he's kind of coined the phrase. Uh, we as creatives get so caught up in manufacturing the mountaintop experience for the for the churches that we're a part of. So we get so focused on all the whys and we know this video is going to play exactly at this point and this this note needs to be played here to develop an emotional response. Like this needs to go there and that needs to go here. And it's so easy to just look at that and lose the art and the beauty of it because it's it's a manufacturing thing, right? So we need to make sure we don't focus just on the manufacturing. Um, the, the fact is we are helping create and craft a service but God is the reason that we're doing that. Um, and, and with that, the final thing is just establishing discipline. Like, remember why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Like, what made you passionate about the first place? What made you stop being passionate about that? How can we eliminate what's hurt you and pull back just to the core and, and the start of where that passion came from? And I think that's where we're going to find more of a fullness I think the the hard part for, especially for creatives that are in vocational ministry, is ministry kind of demands a lot of us. It's like ministry is our, it's our vocational fulfillment. It's our relational hub. It's our pastoral connection. It's our friends. It's our family. It's the place where we're supposed to worship. It's the place that's giving us money. So it's like all these different facets of life are now intertwined into one thing. So as soon as the like one off chord hits like all of those facets are now now impacted. So I think it's important to know going into ministry that it's a lot more work than, than you might think otherwise. Um, and I think probably where I've gotten to now, I wouldn't necessarily say this to someone right at the beginning of this pain, but now it's important for me to recognize what is required of me, what my pastors are asking for me and develop the grit necessary to get done what I need to. So mm-hmm. now I'm in a place I think that's much healthier where I can say, okay, this video is coming up. This is how much time I need to plan it. Oh, I just got three more videos dropped on me this week. All right, got to go talk to my direct and let him know two of these are possible. Pick two. Like mm. I either we have to bring in someone to contract work or we need to cut a content. And I, I think getting to that place takes a while. So that's why I'm cautious to say that out the gate for anyone who's at the beginning of this process. But- 
like I said, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not good to stay there. So whenever you're able to get to the point where you can grow, start to know if I'm going to stay in this spot right now, this church that I may have been hurt by or may have caused my deconstruction, if I've decided this is where God needs me, then I need to develop the grit to stay here. Mm. You know, Zach, listening to you, I can only imagine, I mean, you're talking about being a staff person, but what would you say to the volunteer, you know, mm-hmm. hey, you I'm know. committed to the people at yeah. the church, and I'm creative, like, because I can see two sides to that, where I I really don't want to get involved because I feel like I'm going to get hurt, mm-hmm. and then on the other side, which is, I am involved, and I'm, this is far more transaction than it is, like, a relationship or, um, like me using the gifts that God gave me. What would you say to that person that's wrestling with involvement as a volunteer? You know, cause again, I think the complications are kind of similar, even though they're not getting a paycheck. I have relationships here. I love people. I want to grow in my faith. I don't know. What would you say to them? I mean, first of all, you got to focus on God. Like, if you're going to be in ministry, like, God's got to be a centerpiece. And it can't be coming from your service, and it can't be coming from the time that you invest into the ministry. Like, creativity, uh, technicality, production, these are all limited wells. Uh, None of them are going to fill you as much as you need to be filled. So you got to make sure that you're figuring out how to prioritize your relationship with God. And, And... uh, again, like saying this to myself in the beginning of this process would have just frustrated me. But I, I you know, you got to be able to learn how to focus on God, whatever that means for you. Um, so that's probably the, the the first big one. The second one, again, develop priorities. If you if there's a leader over you and you're having issues or, or you're feeling burnt out or they're asking too much to, of you, you just got to ask like, I need to pull back a little bit or I need to step down a little bit and. I would not want to hear that from my volunteers that I have on the weekends. Um, but I mean, I would though, like that, that means that they're prioritizing their own health. Um, I think like for, for my position, this season has been actually one of the silver linings of the season is that I've gotten to uh, take Sundays off. Like this is a first in the four or five years that I've been in vocational ministry. Um, so we are a weekend essential. So we're always there Saturdays and Sundays. So for, for us, we have an, a very intentional time where we have to take at least one Saturday off a month or one Sunday off a month. And I would say the exact same thing for a volunteer. Like, you should not be serving every single weekend, every single month. Even if your church needs it, you need to take time off more. Um, so I think that's that's a big deal. And just the last thing, and it comes out of relationships. Like, if you if people are taking advantage of you, like, you got to be in a place where you're emotionally, spiritually, physically healthy. Um, and if that is not the case, um, then again, you need to have a conversation with someone. I, I, I hope that any church that you're involved in, when you have that conversation, that they'll have the ability to understand and see what you're going through and then learn, then recognize what they need to change to help you in a way that's going to help you be healthier. Hmm. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Great words there, Zach. Great words. And I I think, we know, as we kind of wrap this up a little bit, 
One of the things that we always ask at the end of each podcast is, what would Jesus say about this topic? And so here's kind of how this typically works is Peter and I get a chance to uh, answer this first, and then uh, we let you give the real answer to our podcast audience so that uh, you can clear up what we have done so built, you know, so horribly. Deconstruct, if you will, what we just did. So uh, anyway... Uh, Peter, you want to go first? You want me to go first? What do you think? What... Sure, I'll, I'll go first. Um, great, great. So I've been reflecting on Galatians 6, 1 through 10, and the cool thing about Galatians, as I think about Zach's story and I think about creatives, is it's a whole book and letter about how religion smashes us and how the gospel frees us. And what I love about the writer Paul and how he closes is the first verse of Galatians 6 talks about carrying each other's burdens. And none of our burdens are the same. And so um, I think we all have some creativity, but some of us more than others. So I need to be respectful and understanding of the burden that someone like Zach and even John carries versus my own. And if we all do that for each other, that is a very life-giving, loving place. And that brings me to verses 9 and 10, which is, you know, Paul makes a statement, don't be weary in well-doing. In good time, God will bring an increase. And, you know, I just say to you creatives, because, you know, you might be working for a church and listening to this, and you're in a deconstruction place like Zach, you might own your own contract company and go to church and you're just like, no one ever asked my opinion, but multi-million dollar people do. And, um, I just, I just would encourage you that God sees now that doesn't mean you, you know, don't raise your hand or anything like that. But I just think that sometimes I know with myself, I'm not as patient and I don't have that perspective as much as possible. And if we begin to carry each other's burdens, how much less weary do other people get? And so I think with creatives, I think with technical people, carrying burdens is very different, but it still fulfills what God called us to do. So go ahead, John. Wow. I, well said. Well said, Peter. I, I hadn't thought of that angle before, but that's a great angle to take in this. I mean, I was just thinking about what would Jesus say about this? I, there's times when Jesus just makes it so clear and so simple. And I think this might be one of those instances where he just points people back, points us back to the very beginning and points us back to to who God is. And the first story in the whole Bible is about God creating. Like that's how everything is set up. And that's how God is platformed. Before he's platformed as anything else, he's platformed as a creative God. And so if you're listening to this and you're creative, I would just say God affirms that in you. Like that is not a thing to be ashamed of in the church. That is something that that, that actually you should lean into and and really explore the most you can. And, and if you felt kind of pushed to the sidelines in, in the church, I would just say, hey, would you, I'm sorry, because that's not God. That's not who God is. God 
is a creative God, and uh, I believe there's so much more there fulfilling for you if you pursue Him as a part of that creative process. So anyway, that's uh, where my mind naturally goes as I think, think through this. But Zach, how about yourself? How would you answer this question? What would Jesus say about this? I mean, I think it's twofold. I think, first of all, we see repeatedly whenever Jesus shares parables, he shares stories and creates content that is that enthralls people. Like, it's stories mm-hmm. that are extremely relevant and extremely, like, just powerful in the age that they're in, especially in an ag- a largely agricultural area. Um, most of Jesus's parables are impactful to us today, but back then they were extremely relevant. Like, Jesus was one of the ones creating one of the first... Uh, messages to the people. And I think he just showed us an example of how we can create content that is relevant to the age that we're a part of and also reverent to the story and the the gospel. And so I think that's the first part. And then the second part is, I've especially learned this as a two, that there's nothing that I can do more to make make God love me more. And there's also nothing Mm -hmm. I can do less to make God love me less, right? Mm -hmm. So no matter what I'm doing, uh, if it is worship to God and if, if it is focused on God and if it is focused on what he has for my life and the calling that he has for me, I think then I can sit in that and have peace in a way that I could not have any other way. And like I said earlier, creativity is not an endless well, but God is. And I think if we focus on that truth, then that's where we can find the fullest version of ourselves and the ministry, ministries that we're a part of. Wow, Zach, I, um, I'm so glad uh, that we connected. I think this episode is really going to hit home to a lot of our listeners. And, you know, if you've stuck with us and you think you're not a creative, you're not a detective, this is going to help you understand people better. And I think that that's really important. Uh, don't forget uh, to share this episode. You can use the hashtag WGW podcast. We're at why God podcast, uh, why God, why podcast.com. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, make sure you leave a review for us. As John would say, whatever you want, especially five star, as I would recommend five stars. Uh, Zach is on the black bar podcast. Um, whether you're creative or not, I love to listen to it. Um, like I said, our previous uh, one of our previous guests, Dan DeRozier, was there. Zach, where do we find you on Black Bar? Yeah, so as far as uh, so we have a YouTube channel, Black Bar. Uh, we also have a Facebook, and you can also find us just about where any podcasts are. Black Bar, the Black Bar podcast, um, trying to release weekly content that is uh, you know relevant to creatives and people in the church. So, well, great. Well, that's a great place to end. Thank you so much for joining us for the Why God Why podcast.